Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fly Purbly. This is Steve Jaco here to talk to you about all that exciting, sexy Flyers news. No, there's there's like one piece of Flyers news, but that's okay because I have a very anticipated, buzzed about at least for today episode with Kelly Hinkle coming up. Kelly, how are you today? Steve, how are you? I'm doing great. I, I'm doing great because we are here to talk about the important stuff going on in the world, and that, of course. <laughs> would be recounting Woodstock 99 talking about new metal. It's just going to be, it's going to be fucking great. It's going to be fucking great. This is, is an anticipated show. The buzz is out there. People are talking. Many people are talking. Many, many people, like at least threes, three of people are eagerly awaiting. I think this podcast, it's just enough people for me to get some Twitter notifications and see it on my phone and say like five notifications. (sighs) What's this all about? <laughs> I'm so popular, God. Oh, too popular. I don't need this. <laughs> so Why? Let's let's just rip the band-aid off on this this flyers news first let's off though. Do it. Because it's it's very just the slightest amount so of flyers. Much. News. So much. Carter Hart, three year contract, so he signed his RFA deal. Carter Kinda hot is what Kevin Hayes calls him. And we don't we do say that. it. We don't do that because we it's, don't do that. it's too Bruins esque. Yeah, we're not from there. We are not from there, and that's probably for the best. We have our own crazy accent that has now been featured on television, but that's, uh, exactly. you know, we don't need that. It's not for us, but Carter Hart, Carter Reginald Hart, I'm sure that's his middle name. Gotta be. Gotta be. So he signed his RFA deal. This is not a surprise, <laughs> you know, especially after last year. I was not anticipating anybody to come in. No, number one, nobody in the NHL offer sheets to start Never. with. Never. NHL They're GMs. so boring. They're so yeah. boring. They hate spice. They will not put salt on their french fries. It's like I, I had an old co-worker that had grown up and didn't know how to properly spice chicken and like would boil chicken. And I'd say, what is wrong with you, you monster? Oh, God. That's NHL GMs. <laughs> it is. They are boiled chicken people. Boiled chicken people. That's the start yeah. I wanted to this. Boiled chicken people. Just eating bland, wet chicken. Just, ugh. Ugh. I, just all appetite gone from me. hmm No thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Carter Hart it signed his RFA deal. Nothing spicy was going to happen, even if NHL GMs got spicy, because Carter Hart was an abject disaster last mm-hmm. year. 
So, I was a little surprised he got a cap hit of 3.979 million. It's just slightly higher than anticipated. Yeah, it seemed like, I think Charlie's article had him at uh, 3.5. Um, Charlie's pretty smart, so. People I'm say willing, You know, I'm sure that he did research that I would never do. So, I'm just going to trust that he came up with that number in an educated way. Um, so it's like a little bit more, but you know, it's a gamble, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to roll those dice, see what happens. You needed a goalie. Somebody had to play in there and it's not Martin Jones is going to, oh, God, I don't want him full-time starter at all this year. We don't have to talk about him yet. This is, we're going to talk about Martin Jones for 45 minutes. His $2 million contract makes all the difference <laughs> in the world. Now, this is pretty much what was expected from yeah. Carter Hart and... Yeah. I think if the the team's willing to do a three-year deal, they must feel confident he is going to bounce back. I'm sure that they are. Um, I don't know about you, but I certainly am. And I just kind of think, like, so we're probably going to, you're probably going to talk about this, but, like, um, Sam Sonov in, in New York, he's been a bit up and down, um, and they only gave him a year, $2 million. So they are, you know, kind of very much saying, like, mm, we don't know about you. But we'll see how she goes for a season. But I think that the Flyers, after last season's disaster, kind of realized that they had to let Carter Hart know that we believed in him. Like, we trust that you're going to come back. We're not worried about it at all. Here's three years and a little bit more money than people thought you were going to get. Go get him, kid. Like, I, I just think it's a little bit of a, a confidence boost that certainly can't hurt after last season's kind of mental breakdown disaster. Here's an extra half mil. Go nuts at the casino, bud. You know what? Get a get an apartment with windows. <laughs> That's I, I give that advice to anybody. Having windows is wonderful. I don't know if you saw. There was like a um I follow one person that posts these kinds of things, which is Megan, who did our fan cams. She's incredibly young. And incredibly so like her, young. It's, it's her entire startling. world is just like foreign to me. Um so occasionally like her like youthfulness leaks into my timeline and she like posted something it was like some girl who had gone back to carter hart's apartment um because we have to document every single thing that happens to us she made a tiktok about having gone back to carter hart's apartment and there was one part of this tiktok that was kind of like a shot of her and carter hart in his apartment which appeared to have like zero windows <laughs> which is like Weird. you know I like to think that the more money I paid for a, a home, the more windows I would want it to have. Like, I feel like there's a like, there's like a, a relationship between price and number of windows <laughs> that Carter Hart doesn't seem to have figured out yet. So hopefully that extra half mil will get him a little bit of natural light, which I think should help his mood. That would be really nice. It always helps the mood. I tend to it work does. by the windows. It, it's, it's great. It's wonderful. It's nice. I always think, like, you're talking about the number of windows in an athlete's rich home, and I think about when Cole Hamels moved into the top of either Liberty 1 or Liberty 2. I never know the difference, but Cole Hamels moved into the top of it, and he just, like, basically looked like Batman in the Dark Knight, just looking down on the city <laughs> with every window. Like, his entire house was windows. Yeah, that's the level you aspire to. Carter, all windows get yourself some windows buddy get some windows buddy it's, it'll be good for you it would be good for him that's that's actually the key carter hearts gets windows carter also, hearts, like carter hart gets windows 
a little bit of mom advice, like confiscate the cell phones of the ladies. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, listen, live your life. You're a young man. Go for it. Ladies also go for it. But also have to tell everybody everything uh, one would one would argue that one would argue that. although to be fair many many years ago there are quite a few pictures of mike richards and jeff carter in compromising positions and those taken. are taken on like old school digital say, cameras like, right there either that or like motorola f- like razors <laughs> like very early flip the phone cell phone cameras like yeah so choppiest picture you can imagine you're just mm-hmm. staring at it like i think that's mike richards and jeff garter turn the camera around what am i taking a picture of who can say we're just gonna the... click the button and see how she goes there's a dark-haired blob next to a, a yellow-haired blob uh, yeah those are that's them yeah it's them that's you them. can tell so like carter hart should just get one of those black bags that they have at like a comedy club right like <laughs> when Chappelle's there and you're just throwing yeah. the cell phone in there exactly yeah. can't use it you'll get this upon the conclusion of our date thank you <laughs> he's just got like a specialized like camera disabled like tablet for them like it's one of the like amazon like kids fire tablets like here you go you can use this for for reading or whatever <laughs> he just has like a like a post-it note stack of like pre-printed ndas and like the the woman has to sign a non-disclosure that he just like tears off and then there's just like a whole other non-disclosure agreement for the next girl just don't post your tiktoks just don't do that please thank you don't do it don't do it i just you know, I, what is a tiktok i don't even know anymore. i derailed the show already what do you this show is a giant derail <laughs> the only time it's actually been railed recently is when maddie's been on because maddie's a delight and she actually like she, she's not she's not an agent of chaos like you or no. I. Yeah. Maddie keeps things straightforward. She's a good captain of the ship. I'm not a good captain of the ship. I'm not, not going to do that. I get easily distracted. <laughs> I'm the dog from up. I see something interesting. Squirrel. Exactly. Yeah. Do we want to continue talking about... Like, I don't even know what else to say about this Carter Hart thing. Okay. It's slightly higher, and I guess this slightly makes a little less room for Sanheim to sign. And what, like... I mean, theoretically, but... He also had a down year, so maybe you can get a little bit of a discount. Maybe you can finagle something, or, you know, maybe you trade somebody else. Or you throw Nate Thompson onto the AHL roster. Like, there are ways. I'm not really worried about it. You're not throwing a- Nate Thompson on the first line? And he's going to play with Claude Giroux I mean, and Travis you know, Konechny? Maybe like game 20, game 25. AV loves him some Nate Thompson. He's We're all excited. play the fuck out of him. He's never going to be on the lineup. Oh, that beard is just going to be there in our, our face 25 minutes a night. That's all right. That's a good beard. It's a, it's a good beard. He's got a very good hockey face. The toothless grin, the beard. He's a he's a messy man. Coot still has the number one toothless grin on the team. He does. Nobody has beaten the Coots. I mean, it's tough to do. You you lose all of the front teeth and you're kind of like maxed out hockey face. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The so the Fox only guy. thing, okay, the only other thing I'm going to say about Carter Hart is that the contract that the Rangers gave Shesterkin is so much more of a gamble. And we can all spend a lot of our energy just willing that to go terribly wrong for them. 
And I think that's where we should focus because they signed him for four years, over five and a half million. He has only played 47 games. They were pretty good, but goalies don't make any sense. So he could be trash like in an instant. So let's just all hope that that happens and they're stuck with him for four years. I would love some instant trash there. Would love it. Just one dash water trash. Perfect. So Sansonov for Washington, uh-huh. he barely played last year. Like he was in and out of the lineup pretty much. And then you've got 45 Shisterkin. games, according to the internet. I can't believe it was even that many. Yeah. Because I felt like he was out for a while. And then, I mean, they had a screwed up goalie situation from the start of the season because mm-hmm. of everything with Lundquist, unfortunately. And poor King, he just doesn't know what to do with himself anymore. It's a tough sitch for him. But he's handsome. He's got that going for him. Unless you Listen, read Broad Street Hockey and he's not. He didn't He didn't do nothing for me, Steve. I, nothing. Hmm. All right, buddy. Hi, Faba. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> this is great commentary right here. So Faba says this is a risky contract. A lot of thoughts about Henrik Lundqvist. He They're actually, both Swedes, so, oh, you know. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't talking about the car. I completely misinterpreted that. I don't speak cat very well. I'm more of a I know. person. So it's a, an it. oft misunderstood language. Mm. But you speak it, thankfully. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Hankel, the interpreter over here. Yes. She of the cat that must be a part of all podcasts. Well, I mean, she's a friend of the show now. It's a he. He. Oh, sorry. He's named after Peter Forsberg. I know, but I don't. Well, you know, I mean, do that's cats true. really have genders? Come on. Not really. Let's, you know, <laughs> that's how science works. Yeah, it's modern times. Was it, I, I think it was, was it New Girl where, I think it's New Girl, Nick says, I assume all cats are boys, or all dogs are boys and all cats are girls. Yeah. <laughs> I related so much to Nick on that God. end because, like, I do that way too often and I know I shouldn't. Nick Miller was just, what a character. Nick Miller is easily the MVP of that show. And oh my Winston's god, great, without question. Nick Miller is the MVP. There's no getting around it. I've okay. said many times that Nick Miller is my dream man. I'm not really exaggerating. <laughs> I know it says a lot about me, but I'm going to stand behind it. He's very funny. He's very funny. He's hysterical. <laughs> He's very funny. I could just read Nick Miller quotes all day and be very happy. So funny. So, Kelly, I guess that's it for Flyers Talk today. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Whatever. Who cares? That's not what people are here for. The reason people are buzzing, many people are buzzing about this episode, is this is the first time in a long time we are going to have a proper batch update on this show. Batch update! Let me do a Kurt. (laughs) That was a good Kurt right there. (laughs) We haven't had a batch update in... Oh my god, like months at this point. Maybe half a year. Oh it, man. You know, as the kids would say, it's been a while. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pre- People are very <laughs> pumped for this. I'm pumped for this. Because I haven't known what's going on in The Bachelor. As I have said many times on this program, I've never watched The Bachelor. Except for, I've watched The Canadian Bachelor. <laughs> I watched Bless. two episodes of The Canadian Bachelor for a flyperbole experiment. And, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> I respect that a lot, to be honest with you. It was very strange. Oh, The Bachelorette. So that's the one going on. It's The Bachelorette. It's The Bachelorette. Yes, we've just wrapped up The Bachelorette, which I guess 
means that next step will be the bachelor. I think they kind of flip flop. This has been, so I don't know, I don't want to go too far back for the people because I feel like it could get boring. This was an interesting season because going into it, so the bachelor at this time, as usual, was on the last season of the bachelor and she was actually one of the more likable, I thought, women on that season of The Bachelor because she seemed to be like a normal human being, oh, wow. um, which is like, you know, crazy for that show. So I was like, cool, excited to see this. She's like, you know, a normal girl. Seems like she wants normal things and this will be interesting to see how this goes. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> Turns out she's actually kind of insufferable believe it or not shocked she like turned into this weird like bachelorette robot who was just like very intent on like performing all of the rituals associated with the bachelorette which was weird just to like some spark notes of of kind of how this ended so there were two guys on the show that were very clearly the front runners for pretty much the entire season one of them was called michael he had a dead wife and a small son. He was like a perfect angel man. Wow, that had what a combination. No, no business being on this show. He had like cried a lot. Oh, no. He had like a very soft face. He just seemed like a very sweet man. He would like take phone calls with his tiny son and do like goofy voices. He was just like a very no business being on this show. I don't know what made him think to do it and I don't know how he got there. Like, this guy sounds like, to me, one of those, like, in the 90s, there were a lot of, I don't know, romantic-type movies and shows where there would be, like, this perfect man yes. that the woman would be striving after. Like, look how sensitive he is. Look how yes. good he is with his small son. Yes. And he, like, had, the, like, his, like, college sweetheart that he had married, and she died from cancer, like, nine months after the small child was born. It was like in here terribly sad story and he was just like so sweet and nice and so like obviously like any normal human being she was clearly crazy for this dude he ends up leaving because at one point on a phone call with his son his son's like maybe daddy doesn't want to be here because he doesn't like me and he was like no i have to leave because i'm a nice man and i care about my family so he like packed up his shit and left despite her like no please don't go like, he was like i gotta go I gotta go. My child needs me. At this moment, this exact moment of exact all the moment. times. Then, opposite end of the spectrum, we have a guy called Greg, who kind of seemed to be like playing at sensitive nice guy, but had like an extremely fuckboy face. Oh, and boy. I feel like if you project that on your face, like in your soul, that's who you are. So I feel like at the end of the day, Greg's probably a fuckboy. But she was obviously very into him, too. He ends up leaving Steve very dramatically. Oh, wow. Ooh. Right after Hometowns, which is when they do a contrived meeting of all the families, she meets his family. It all seems to go really good. And then he has this whole meltdown because he's telling her that he loves her. And she's like, this is the bachelorette and there are four other men here and i simply cannot tell you how i feel until i get to the end like it was like a very weird like robotic response and he was like but i'm i'm pouring my heart out to you please give me some indication that you also feel these feelings for me and she was like well 
I don't know. I guess we'll see how it ends. And so then he was like, okay, I'm leaving because I can't deal with this bullshit. I have been informed that the rules do say... <laughs> the rules currently state that I cannot declare a winner at this juncture. So, like, you would think... Like, the normal response, if you're, like, totally into this dude, would be like, no, I'm leaving with you, Greg. I love you and your fuckboy face. Please don't leave. He was from New Jersey. He brought her a pork roll sandwich. It was, like, a whole thing. Oh. Yeah. I mean, come on. There's nothing sweeter than somebody bringing somebody a pork roll sandwich. If somebody brought me a pork roll sandwich right now, I'd marry that person, whoever they may be. I was going to say, if you think about all of the things that someone could bring you on a date... Flowers, done. Candy, boring. A pork roll, egg, and cheese? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to set you apart. I Fellas. brought you a bouquet of pork roll. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to live your lives, boys. But when you go on your Tinder dates, maybe consider bringing the lady a pork roll, egg, and cheese. From the pork roll cancel council. <laughs> not from the Taylor Company. It's from the pork roll council. Yeah. That I presume is out there dictating that pork roll must be used more. <laughs> On The Bachelor, that's who dictated it. It's like the Egg Council crease back in the day. It's the pork roll council. The Taylor Company paid several million dollars to get pork roll featured on The Bachelorette. And this is an important detail. They said pork roll on there and not Taylor Ham, right? They did say pork roll because that's what it's called. Exactly. Okay. Everyone knows this. Everyone knows Except this. for weirdos. Okay. So these two leave. Now we are left with these two leftovers. One of them is called Justin. He never had a shot. He was very tall and had a nice face. So his life's going to be fine. No one cares about him. <laughs> then we have Blake. Now, I really, I don't. Steve, I don't like Blake. You don't like I don't like, like him. I don't like him. I don't like his face, which is, I'm going to tell you right now, remarkable because A, he's Canadian. <gasps> B, he has a beard. <gasps> now, the amount of work, the amount of emotional labor that one has to do to make me dislike a Canadian man with a beard, it, it, you can't, it's unthinkable, really. That like, I that's would... your combo. That is your brand. It's like quite literally like all I need. Like if you check those two boxes, all right, let's, you know, let's roll. But he is just, I, God, I hate everything about him. He, he wears tight jeans that he rolls up at the ankle. Oh no. While wearing like boat shoes with no socks. The, the, these are two specific <laughs> looks that I could never even attempt in a million years it's just when a man does something so precious as rolling up his pant leg a particular number of times to reveal a certain amount of ankle which is of course very sexy for a woman in the early 1900s yeah i can't i can't i can't (laughs) so with only these two people remaining justin the nice bland man with a nice face that we all knew she didn't like. And then Blake, who, just as an aside, was on last year's Bachelorette, <laughs> didn't make it, and then showed up to this year's Bachelorette like halfway through. 
for some reason, being like, hey, guys, maybe I would like Katie, but... Like, did he win the Bachelorette Last Chance Kitchen? Oh, my God. Steve, what if that was a thing? Like, they just have to go on a bunch of speed dates and... Oh, no. Whoever wins. I, w- I want there to be a Bachelorette Last Chance Kitchen now. And I don't know what it would entail, but I want Tom Colicchio to be there. I want Tom Colicchio to be just bewildered. I, I, He's what's there. going on here? I, I I don't understand. What are you doing here? I, 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 you're you're gonna you're gonna come dressed like that to this? I. He's asking them to cook, and they're like doing all kinds of like weird things while wearing like flannel and too tight jeans. It, it's just it, it would be amazing. I'm still amazed, and this is not to delve too far off topic here, but. On the most recent season of Top Chef and Last Chance Kitchen, without giving anything away, there was one Last Chance Kitchen where Tom Colicchio drove a car around a racetrack X amount of times, and they had that time to cook. And I'm still amazed that they just went for it. They were just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to do this. Tom Colicchio feels like driving a fast car. I was going to say. Let's just do it. Colicchio was like, look it, I got this new car, you guys. I want to drive it on TV. How can we make this happen? And they found a way. You got to respect it. I, you know, Tom Colicchio just does what he wants. You know what? This season of Top Chef was really good. It was really good. Next time we're going to do Top Chef recaps. Oh, hell yeah. I'm in for that. Fucking A. I was actually, the guy that I wanted to win won without giving a spoiler. But then I read something bad about him and then I felt bad. It was very disappointing. Yeah. He was the guy who should have won, but it was very disappointing. He was to read so that good, about. but then you know everyone is garbage, so I don't know why I was surprised. Speaking of garbage, um, Blake and Katie end up together. He proposes to her because, of course, he does. And then after that, so after like the the production is over, they do this whole like live studio audience like reunion show almost. Okay. And they brought fuckboy Greg out to, like, have a little, like, hey, Greg, what what happened? And he, like, goes through this whole thing about how, like, he wasn't getting the emotional feedback from Katie that he needed and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And then they bring her out. And, like, I know you've been in a relationship for a long time, but think back in the back of your mind. Like, when someone dumped you, it doesn't, you like... It doesn't take much thought. I can think of it very easily. <laughs> right. Like, and, like, you didn't see it coming. And, like, first you're really sad about it. But then you're just, like, so mad. And, like, the like the anger stays fresh for a while. For a long time. Lo- long enough to actually get me out and running for a sustained period of time, which does... It takes a lot, folks. So, so they bring Katie out to have a conversation with fuckboy Greg. And she is so mad. So, bear in mind, this woman has now been engaged to and in an obviously committed relationship with a stupid face Blake, who she loves, ostensibly, for, like, at least, I don't know how the delay in the taping, but like, let's say at least two months, right? Sure. So like, theoretically, in my mind, like once you have fallen all the way in love with another man, like 
all of the shit from before kind of fades away. Like, it's not important anymore. Because you're like, yeah, that wasn't it. It was this guy. This is the guy I was supposed to be with. Fuckboy Greg didn't actually matter. I'm not mad anymore. Anyway, she comes out. She's so mad. Like, like, watching it was uncomfortable. Oh, no. Because having felt the feelings that I knew that she was feeling before several times, too many times in my life, I could just, like, it was just, like, so much bitterness and it was so fresh that it was, like, um, do you, do you like the guy that you're engaged to or was he just, like, there? So you were, like, all right, I guess it's this guy because someone's got to win this stupid show that I'm on. The the age-old conundrum. Do you actually like your fiancé or was he just there? I mean, someone has to win the show, Steve. Like I'm saying, she was, like, very committed to the Bachelorette process. Like, I feel like she thought that someone had to win at the end. And since the two that she wanted left, she had to pick one of the two that was remaining. And she went with stupid face Blake. But, like, that was really the highlight of the whole two hours. Was seeing this extremely, like, wounded and bitter and angry woman just, like, say all of the things that you want to say to the ex that fucked you over. (laughs) But, like, in a very measured way, because you're on network television. And ABC is not saying things how you want to say something to your ex. And so then, like, after that's over, then they bring out Blake. And it's like, hey, here's my fiancé, who I definitely love. I'm definitely not still hung up on fuckboy Greg. Definitely don't care about him. I like this guy. It was just, like, a very weird... Very interested to see if these two actually get married i can come back and we can report on that later i'm not sure if they're going to to be quite honest you sound very doubtful on them going. first of all listen at this particular time in human history it's gonna be tough to move to canada just gonna put that out there it's true and he i guess could move here but like why would you want to (laughs) she lives in like new mexico like why are you moving Although I think he mentioned that he lived in Hamilton, Ontario, which, you know, it's kind of like living in Newark. Right. But like it's if Toronto is New York New City. No. So, like, yeah, like if Toronto is New York City, then Hamilton is Newark. So I guess living there is not that. Still Canada, though. Anyway, The Bachelorette, Steve was a uh, a real scene. A real scene. That's a real scene. I wish that I had been providing updates throughout. I mean, you certainly you certainly can. You know, we'll we'll see next what, time. What next time brings. If the people want it, please at Steve if you would like the oh, bash up late update at, to continue. Who needs ads? I don't need ads. I, I don't add at me. Steve, at him. No, leave me alone. Please, please leave Steve alone. <laughs> leave Steve alone. Like, subscribe, and at hyperbole. Uh, do the first two things. Like and subscribe. Definitely subscribe, but it's on BSH Radio. It's all under that one. Oh, it's under that one right roof. Now. We all we all get the same downloads family. at the end of the day. Yes, that's true. Download every show twice. Twice, please. Three times if you can. Just in case. 
just in case. But just my, no, obviously not just mine. No. So many great programs. I'll get to that later. Now, I I have to ask. Generally speaking, what mm-hmm. do you tend to prefer? What's a better program, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? I generally prefer The Bachelorette only because I feel like God, this is gonna sound. I'm going to get canceled. I feel like <laughs> men are generally not capable of the level of insanity of the, of this. Let me specify of this particular kind of insanity that you see from the women on the bachelorette. I mean, on the bachelor, I feel like the ladies get more attached to the man quicker than the men get attached to the bachelorette, Mm -hmm. which just leads to more craziness because it's like day three and like someone's crying because she's never been so in love before and she can't believe (laughs) that he doesn't love her too. And it's like that, doesn't happen as like i feel like the dudes take like three or four weeks before they start to get weird whereas the ladies get attached immediately which just leads to better television oh yeah because if we're being honest like that's what we're watching for sure watching watching for people acting like crazy yeah exactly i've known you for 35 seconds and i can tell we're soulmates when i met you 10 minutes ago i knew that you were the one like the one canadian bachelor i watched which uh i think i had stumbled across that on like when hbo max had first come out Ooh. i had stumbled across that they have a bunch of the international ones if you ever want to check yeah. that out it's i, I watched the one episode and just the amount of crazy packed into that one episode i was just kind of stunned it's I, wild wild stuff they are all absolutely batshit that's the content that people crave. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, at the end of the day, no offense, Steve, men are, for the most part, emotionally stunted and incapable of sharing their feelings, no matter the stakes. So they just don't tend to get as, you know, outwardly wacky as the women who are able to share their feelings out loud with their words. You know, they be saying crazy shit like two weeks in. <laughs> Where is it? The Bachelorette? You have uh, the guy who's about to propose being like, you know, it's hard for me to say I love you. You know what, bro? You're like 38. <laughs> Get your life together. Uh, you know, I just can't make that kind of commitment so, at this so stage scary. of my life. So it's really scary, scary to say it. I'm I so scared. Mm. <laughs> men are the worst. We all know men are the worst. The worst. I'm full the absolute men are worst. The worst. I'm the worst. I know it. You're actually great, Steve. Thank you. It's not true, but I'll take it. It's no, you're a hundred percent right about all that. So I have one more question about this. So okay, Blake, I'm ready. You said Blake is super Canadian. So like, mm. how Canadian is he? Like, is he like? Like, the name Gord-level Canadian? No. Okay. No. He is... I would say... So, like, when I was in Canada, I would occasionally meet someone who would tell me 
that they didn't really care about hockey. Lying. So this is like, I mean, like, not to reduce an entire nation of people to cartoons, but I always am like, you're like a, like a, you know, a 36-year-old man. You live in Canada for your whole life. You don't give a fuck about hockey. All right. Odd. It would. It's kind of like, although, honestly, I'm a terrible person. When I meet anybody who says, like, blanket, I don't like sports, I'm like, hmm. Like not a word. Oh, I'm extremely skeptical when people tell yeah. me that. Yeah, it's the equivalent of the other thing that's very similar is when somebody says, "Well, I don't own a TV." Oh, you don't? What do you mm. do? What do you do? I read books, Steve. Oh, you can do both. You know that? I go outside and I touch grass. Oh well, I don't need to do that. Nobody needs that. <laughs> that sounds terrible. He's like he's like a middling Canadian. Like when when he was like introducing her to his family, like. He made her play street hockey in, like, a very contrived way. <laughs> and there's, like, you know, he's got a, a bit of an accent, but... Um, Did he say sorry? I don't think I heard him say sorry one time. Okay, that's not... That's what I'm saying. He's like a, like a middle, like a yeah. mid-level. Okay, so just a little... Not a know, gourd. Mid-level, but for for ABC, for The Bachelor, that's super Canadian, because they're never going to yeah. put a super Canadian on the American Bachelor, Bachelor. That's true. Yes, this is the highest level Canadian I think you're going to get on American reality television and for the record you almost described <laughs> described a friend of mine in canada to a t because oh, no. but he didn't he hasn't lived there his whole life oh, okay. uh, he grew up around here in around the philadelphia area and moved there uh a few years back and he doesn't like hockey and he's up there and i'm just like buddy that's not where you want to be <laughs> He, um, he doesn't really like sports that much either. And I'm just like, well, what do you talk where, to people about up there? Where in Canada does he live? Sudbury. Does he need a wife? <laughs> I believe he's in... I believe he is in a relationship. Currently. Uh, he actually just got a citizenship. God bless. Good for him. Yeah, yeah he seems The absolute dream. It. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's... All uh, the health cares... He does have all the health cares. He's happy about that. He does. He can be smug about that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But he's, uh, I'm just always like, ah, you poor son of a bitch. You're up there and you don't just learn. Just like hockey. Just get into it. Just do it. And then listen to this fine program. Eventually there will be a Sudbury Thunder Bay hockey team for him to root for. Eventually, you know, they've been saying Toronto needs a team too for years now, which Spread the love to poor Quebec first, which has had a stadium for, what, six years and nothing? It's really nice, too. It looks like a spaceship. It looks great. Then the NHL just laughs. (laughs) No. No, you French fools. You French fools. You'll never get a team again. The Avalanche are over here being cup favorites, and you have nothing. Nothing. I don't know if that's still going to be the case with, uh, I mean, it probably still will be. That team is still stacked. But losing Grubauer in a really weird contract situation was just like, I'm still just kind of like, what even happened there? There were a couple of things that happened this summer that I was like, ooh, what are we doing? That was one of them. A a couple of the Canes moves that we don't need to get into because that's the whole show. But those were a little bit like, "Mm, okay. Yeah, like, oh, that's that's the way you're going with this one, huh? Yeah. You know how it'd be. 
All that matters is the Devils yet again won the offseason. Won off the offseason. Won the offseason. Motherfuckers. And by winning the offseason, they might sneak into the playoffs. Every team in the Metro got better except for the Flyers yet again. <laughs> Rasmus Sesterlinen actually counted for zero wins. He did nothing either way. God, I can't. I honestly can't wait to see him play hockey for the Flyers. I can't wait. Ristomania. Either... The Ristomaniacs are going to be out. Ristomania. I like Ristomania. I, I, I can't get good. I really, people just have been coming at me left and right with the Risto fan group suggestions, and I, I just haven't had time to meditate. I'm going to make a, a full rolling on this when I go on okay. vacation a couple weeks, but it's that's good. It's a tough decision, you know. It, 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 there's no clear favorite like the Morin Mafia. Mm. Mm. Ristomania is good, but you're right. You need to step away, like commune with nature, and it'll come to you. It'll come to me. I'm just going to meditate on the beach and then perfect just like don draper i'll get a little ping and i'll know <laughs> how to make the perfect coca-cola ad exactly yeah. that's how it works that's how it works that's how advertising works dumbasses everybody knows that hello knows that. come on come on this is advertiser content brought to you by frito-lay hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight we'll break down we break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Kelly, are... Wait, should actually, if I'm going to say it like that, I have to say, are you ready? <laughs> To talk about, so when I learned that this was a thing that was coming out, that HBO had mm -hmm. a a documentary, I guess, I didn't know it was actually a series where they were having episodes featuring different things, but yeah. 
it, regardless, it it was basically movie length, a mm-hmm. Woodstock 99 documentary. Actually, I didn't finish it. I was watching upstairs right before the show. I was about halfway through or so. I was right where it was really getting amped up and people were blaming Fred Durst for the riots. But I, <laughs> I know the story. I watched it live. And thankfully, yeah. I've got somebody who was there live to discuss I this was with. there. Yes. Kelly was at Woodstock 99 and I... Love this factoid. I wanted to go to that, and I didn't go. I was a freshman, I want to say. Freshman. Yeah. But I wanted to go, and I really liked a lot of the bands playing. I watched all the coverage about this, and then when it started going to riots on Saturday night, I was like, well, shit. (laughs) Can Tell us about your experience at Woodstock 99. I'm so excited to hear about this. So, in high school... I had one of these friends that, like, when you're 16, is, like, the coolest human being that you could ever imagine. Like, her mom let her do whatever she wanted, bought her, I think it was, like, a Thunderbird, like, an old Thunderbird or something for her 16th birthday. Like, she was just, like, in my mind, the coolest human being that could ever exist. I was lucky to get bus tokens. Yeah. And she and I were both into the same kind of music in high school that being um all flavors of metal hard rock that kind of stuff yeah i hear that. um she and i would go to a lot of concerts together so many shows at like the truck and the electric factory with this girl long story short we graduated don't do the math um <laughs> and she was like let's get this four pack of tickets to Woodstock 99 and go. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. I I asked my parents and they were like, no, we're not giving you money for that. (laughs) Well, having graduated, I came into some cash and I immediately spent it to go to this thing. Honestly, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I have a feeling that like half of the crowd had done exactly that. But, um, so then my parents were like, well, fuck it. And, spent the money go live your life whatever um so we we drive up there me kim that was her name our friend arwen and another girl who was friends with kim whose name i can't remember it's been bothering me (laughs) since i've been thinking about this but whatever we'll have to compare notes later because i know somebody named arwen as well oh that's funny so we we drove up there um the first thing i remember is that so we had bought this like four pack of tickets that came with like reserved camping like a reserved it's like supposedly a reserved spot for your tent um like this kind of thing immediately it became clear that like there was no way to find like what the reserved tent situation was like where you were supposed to go there was no one directing you there was no kind of like map there was no like nothing yeah so it's just the four of us carrying our shit, looking for a place because by this point we were like, had been driving for like seven hours. It was very hot from the jump. We just wanted to put our shit down and get the tent set up and like start having fun. So we eventually just like, after walking for a very long time, found like a little clearing spot amongst a bunch of tents and just started setting our shit up. This guy comes along. He's very upset with us because apparently 
this was like their little tent courtyard area or some shit. And we were like, bro, like, fuck off. We're hot and tired. We're leaving our stuff here. He was very upset with us. So that was like how it began. Okay. So already pissing people off, even though they're clearly being unreasonable. From the start, no one had no, had any idea like where they were supposed to be going or what they were supposed to be doing. None of it was like organized well in any way whatsoever. So other highlights um, included the uh, famous $4 water, which everyone knows about now. Oh, yeah. Which led to buying one bottle of water and then filling it up at, like, the dysentery pits (laughs) where you could get water (laughs) that was provided. I did hit that part. Of yeah. the documentary, and that looked gnarly as shit. Just, like, people bathing in it. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so, like, when you could find one that didn't contain naked human bodies, you could fill your water bottle up with it. The porta potties which were a nightmare. Um, good news, when you're dehydrated and not eating anything, like, that kind of becomes less of an issue for you. It you just really sounds... Yeah, you don't really have to use the porta potties very often, which is good. I was going to say it, the porta potties reminded me a lot of an eagle's tailgate, frankly. It was it was just that it ha- like they filled up so fast and they just stopped coming to empty them. <laughs> so like they're just full. We give <laughs> but, up. Yeah. So, you know, that's a thing. I remember I think it was Saturday, we were hungry and we went to one of the food tents. I got a, I told a little bit of this on Twitter. I got a chicken burrito that was very fire festival in nature. It was like a, um, like a supermarket flour tortilla oh boy. with like three extremely rubbery pieces of chicken. Like I can distinctly remember, like, you know, when you bite into like a gristly piece of meat, and, like, you can't really chew it. It's, like, a disgusting rubber band. Yeah, it's just garbage. I distinctly remember it being like that with, like, you know, like, ShopRite shredded cheddar cheese on it. Like, that was the burrito. I think it cost, like, $12. That was the only food that I consumed for that entire oh. weekend. Oh. Apart from that, I mean, like, the thing about it is, at the time, it was, like, the most fun ever. Um, because... I was a teenager and I didn't care that everything had gone to hell. You don't have standards as a teenager. You're just like, no, hey, like, am I having fun? That's all it that matters. I'm like seeing all these bands that I love and like hanging out with my friends and having fun and like being ridiculous and doing something that at the time seemed cool as hell because like Woodstock 94 had happened and that wasn't that big of a deal, but like, if you were a particular kind of teenager, like that was like super into music and, you know, kind of like idolized that whole kind of like lifestyle that went along with the original Woodstock, which is probably not real, but that kind of stuff, you know, spoke to me at that time of my life. So like I would have loved to go to that, but I was way too young. I was like, into classic rock as well as all the metal stuff so like i was like oh we're going to woodstock this is fucking great so it was like a whole thing that i loved 
I feel exactly this. like I was very similar. We we yeah. would have been friends because like mm-hmm. I I listened to all that same kind of music. Big classic rock guy. Yeah. I listened to a lot of the angry like new metal stuff at the time, and mm-hmm. I was a big grunge guy. So like I that that stuff all spoke to me, and a lot yeah. of the bands were just bands I loved. So yes. I would have loved to have gone. Like Rage was there, Corn was there, Limp Biscuit was there, and then even like stuff that like. I didn't really love, but, like, peripherally, I was kind of like, this will be fun. Like, Dave Matthews Band, which, like, I wasn't that kind of late 90s music fan, but I was still like, yeah, let's go see Dave Matthews. Like, Rusted Root. Burp, like, that was, like, burp, super burp, fun. Burp. I enjoyed some Dave. And, oh, God. Rust, Rusted Root was the, I'm aware. I'm yeah. Aware, I'm <laughs> Their aware. one song. Oh, my yeah. God. And, like, I mean, Metallica was there. I was, like, obsessed with Metallica back then. It's just like. Yeah. Oh, just like so many great bands. And like, I mean, the fucking Roots were there. I mean, the Roots weren't the Roots back then, but like the fucking DMX, DMX, DMX bringing down the house. Yes. And so let's go to the movie a little bit because the movie was a little bit, a little bit like, eh, I don't know. It was very judgy, very judgy. It was very, it was very much 1999 was not... 2021 no no and i had the same issue with it for better or for worse it wasn't and so like for example the idea that a crowd of white kids are not going to do as dmx instructs them because it's problematic to sing his particular lyrics like come on come right. on Come on. It, it DMX just was tells you, DMX tells you to say something. All you and your 50,000 friends will listen to him because mm-hmm. he's DMX. He's DMX. And I you're mean, at DMX a DMX is, concert. He was he just fucking like, rules. He, he rules. He was having just like he, a, a commanding presence. Like he yes. was on that stage. He was owning it. He wanted the crowd interaction. Yeah. And then like... The idea that Limp Biscuit made people angry. <laughs> like, it, it, so. No, it wasn't the dysentery pits and the the friggin' no. porta potties and the lack of water and food. No, yeah. it was Limp Biscuit. Like, no, they so, were already pissed off. And for, for people that didn't watch it, the, the way that this film kind of was structured was talking to people that were there and talking to the organizers and promoters who were a couple of old dudes that had been involved with the original Woodstock. These guys, I'm sure for obvious reasons, wanted to make it very clear that nothing that happened was their fault. Like they set up a very like clean and well-run and successful event that went to shit because people are crazy. Not accurate. It's because it's totally because you put Limp Biscuit, Rage Against the Machine, and Metallica back to back to back. No. That's why it all went to shit. So here's the thing. You now that I know that you and I were similar at this stage of our lives, I'm sure that you went to a fair number of like heavy metal concerts. I have been in, in your some time. pits in my day, yeah. You've been in some pits, right? Yeah. So the from the outside, a pit at a metal show looks like a very angry place. Like a very violent, angry place. In a way, it is. But also, there's like 
a camaraderie there. For the most part, if you're in a, a metal pit at a show and you are knocked down, people help you up. Yep. yep. And then push you again. For, for them, like, they, they will just mosh with you again. But, like, the, the moshing is, like, it's a joyful pushing. It's a like joyful. Are... It's, it's, it's crazy. It's and a from the outside, activity. yeah, it looks, yeah it, looks, it looks like you're beating the shit out of each other, but that's not, in fact, what's happening. No, you're having fun, you're pushing each other, but it's a, a fun pushing around. Right. And when, actually, people get really pissed off when people get too serious and violent exactly. like that. And, like, you know, the, the, some of the problems they had there were, you know, people were obviously being abusive towards women. They were being, you know, overly aggressive. No excusing like, them. Yeah. No excusing that. That was that was a bad exception. But most yes. of the shows I've been to, it's been perfectly fine. I've had a great time moshing mm-hmm. with people, uh, yep. you know, headbanging. Like, it's a great time. It's awesome. Yep. I've been in quite a lot of very enthusiastic mosh pits at the front of some very ridiculous metal shows. Only one time I thought I was going to die, and I don't think it was. It wasn't because of... It was at a Pantera show. I'm it was just very... It. There was a... My friend and I were, like, right on the front bar. There was just a lot of, like, pushing forward and just, you know, like, craziness because it's Pantera. The front bar is, is tough in general, too. It's because tough. Because especially when you have a huge crowd and you're getting pushed mm-hmm. up against it, it, it's rough. Yeah, that was the only time where I was like, oh, no, this is not good. And And thankfully, like, one of the bouncers, like recognize this and just yanked me out of there and i went to the back and it was fine so the idea that you get to fred durst up there durston get into the build-up of break stuff the part that we all know where it's building and building and building and building and then he says yeah if this day keeps going this way, I just might break your fucking face tonight and the whole crowd goes nuts. That's not anger. That's no, like that's joyful. joy that's like, yeah. and fun and like, yes, and I'm singing along and I'm jumping and we're all moving in the same way. That wasn't a release of anger. That was people having fun. People were angry because they were so hot and so thirsty and so dirty and very very drunk and it was just not a very well run event and not the best place for it because as the film pointed out while an airbase might seem like a good idea in reality it's a lot of concrete and not a lot of trees and not a lot of shade and it was really really hot and people were just miserable and it didn't have anything to do with Limp Biscuit. and I was actually really glad because I was like trying to remember things and I have like the leakiest brain so I don't generally always trust my memory but I did remember that the whole reason it got way out of hand is because they gave out candles for some kind of charity thing like it was supposed to be some kind of like memorial thing and so they gave all of these people like 300,000 pissed off people candles and then enjoy this fire pissed off young people during under the bridge which is like one of the chillest songs one could imagine yeah people lit the candles to like you know do the little wavy back and forth with your lighter but with candles and then people remembered that they were pissed off and just started lighting things on fire so like it it was just 
It was a perfect storm. It was, but it was just like the the you can't framing blame it. The music and they, they no, yeah, that's frame the it, thing. The music they did. I don't think it had. I think that like an attempt to frame it as like a broad like damnation of the culture at the time is a bit of a stretch. Right, because they kept trying to play in. You know, like, popular oh, movies angry. at the time, like Fight yeah. Club and mm-hmm. The Matrix and such, and like no. violent and angry. Like it, 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 you really put it well about that type of music and and moshing and everything. Like yeah. I, sure, I might have been pissed off at some points in the world, and like I was I angsty as fuck. But I didn't, you know, listen to that kind of music because, like, I was just like a furious person. It's I just en- number one, I just enjoy rock music. That's my yeah. preference. And at the time, like, no, I, I was not, you know, now I can enjoy like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and, you know, cause I realize it's fun pop music. But at the time I said, fuck off yes. to that kind of music. I yeah. fucking hated that kind of music. And the thing is like, so we were like surly angsty teenagers. Sure. But like when you went to a corn show, which I'm doing on Friday and I'm super fucking excited about, <laughs> but like Everyone was angsty, but, like, you were in a room with your people at that point. Like, these are your people. Everyone's there for the same reason. We're all angsty fucking teenagers for the most part. And we're going to, you know, sing the shit out of fucking follow the leader songs. Like, it's going to be great. Like, OzFest went to how many cities every year? Exactly. this never happened at OzFest. Like, I went to OzFest. I had a great time. Yeah. Like, those were communal events. And though from the outside it looked insane, they were very rarely angry, like, internally. Like, you were very rarely getting in a fight at a show. With yeah. a bunch of people there and, to see the same band as you. Because that's not the vibe. Like, that's not what happens. And just because you're all jumping together to a song that happens to be about breaking stuff. It doesn't make you break stuff. Like, you're just right. having fun. Like, that's not how this works. So it was just like, that was a little bit silly. Like, you think fucking, like, Nookie, like, everybody's just gonna, I don't, I, like, I don't, yeah. what message do you even take from that nonsensical song? Like, you know, you can't fucking take any messages There are no it. messages There's to no be messages. found. There's no messages in Limp Bizkit. No. No. Not. It's just funny. For no. the most part, it's just goofy nonsense. That's why, like, Limp Bizkit is one of the oldest flyperbole references right there. Because <laughs> it is such a goofy relic of that time. And, mm-hmm. like... I dursted for the show. I durst for actually most most shows, and it's just a funny term Steve's for wearing dursting. a red hat. I'm dursting big time. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just a goofy term for wearing a, a hat backwards, and specifically a red hat if you're usually yeah. doing it with an MLB logo. But it's like, because yeah. Fred Durst literally every time he appeared in public for like five years would be dressed exactly like that in like a white <laughs> tee and khakis. Like, yes. It was just silly, like a stupid band. Like they... What were you saying in the Slack when we were discussing them? Like, they are junk food. They are potato yeah. chips. They are not potato something... Potato chips music. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and also, obviously, people misinterpret music all the time because, like, how many people play Rage Against the Machine and don't actually understand what their <laughs> message is? <laughs> These guys are liberals? What? What? Even Fapa was... Fapa was shocked by that. He can't believe it. He can't believe that Rage Against the Machine <laughs> are the libs. <laughs> Unbelievable. But it, 
it's just like, I don't know. I will say, though, it is kind of fun that New Metal is in the discourse. Yeah, I, I, again, we've been talking <laughs> about it. it. We've been talking about it on the show for years. And, like, mm-hmm. it's weird to see the rest of society kind of revisit that now because I guess you're hitting the nostalgia point because it's 20 years later. Yeah. But like, you know, Eamon, who again is a little baby on the small child, small child. He saw fucking Creed at a, at at a Predators game. He saw Creed. Creed. He saw Creed at a Predators. Fucking Creed. I can't believe Creed is still around to play at a Predators game. It's insane to me. We're talking about Limp Bizkit. Stained was in the news for the last show. You know, it's like, ugh. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Ugh. Can't even do it with a straight no. face anymore. But yeah, he ruined it for, for he all of us. It. And that was a band that I saw at a fucking Family Values tour back in the day mm-hmm. and had a good time seeing back in the day. Yep. They're opening for corn on Friday. I think I'm going to show up late. This is the real motherfucking deal, y'all. <laughs> that's how you durst. You got it. That's how you durst. I've actually been listening to a uh, a family a 1998 family values tour playlist on spotify <laughs> been a lot of fun um i i will say just like as a bit of a corn has held up better than limp biscuit limp biscuit sounds to the modern ear enjoyable but silly whereas i feel like corn like today at work i was listening to a Korn's debut album, which I haven't listened to in a long time, and it uh, fucks. It's real good. Well, the really, thing, held, really holds up. The thing about Korn was like that's that's like legit anger in that music, and like mm-hmm. Limp Biscuit is just a silly byproduct goofy. of the time. It's a goofy yeah. like we like rap, we were like rock. Here's a goofy combination yeah. like Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock. It's all the same shit from back yes. then. Although. Kid Rock, I feel like, is even more parody, like even further oh, than Kid Limp Biscuit as far as parody like, goes. It's like a weird, like it's like, uh, what was the the guy's like? Kid Rock played every instrument. I was so impressed. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> Were you really? And it's just like, like Kid Rock was always just, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't understand any of this. You're wearing a fur coat unironically in 90 degree heat yeah all right <laughs> i it's hard to revisit some of that music because not all of it is held up but i'm glad corn's held up for you like, <laughs> i tried to listen to like i was i really like Godsmack back in the day and mm. i i tried listening to them recently i'm like i just it's not hitting me the same i wasn't super into Godsmack. i had a a pretty regular concert rotation in high school that was all of the new metal bands so it was like limp biscuit corn seven dust if you remember them they never I remember got them. I remember super them. popular but they were good um a band called coal chamber that remember them. never got super popular also very good very of the time um i remember we saw incubus like someone was giving out their debut album on south street like just handing it out to people and then we went and saw them i think i think it was at the trocadero opening for somebody yeah back when uh brandon what's his face still had like dreadlocks dreadlocks and bongo yeah. drums i yeah, saw like, him at ozfest playing those bongo drums with, yeah, the, yeah. with the dreadlocks they were really good
Um, and then I would go to a bunch of harder metal shows. Like I saw Pantera a bunch of times. I saw Megadeth a bunch of times. Where was I going with this? I don't even know. I lost my train. We're just having that year 2000 nostalgia and I'm into it. Yeah, it was a good time. I tended to go, I went to a lot of the like Y100 shows back mm, then, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. rest in peace, Y100, one of the greats. Rip. But, it was good. Uh, it was very sad. I was actually in a broadcasting class at Temple when we heard about that. I was oh, like, really pissed off. It was a very good radio station. A very good radio station. At time. Just a fun feel. And I mean, I, I would comment on current radio stations, but I don't, I'm never in a car and I'm never listening to regular never. ass radio. I listen to NPR. That's what? about the extent of my radio listening. I hear you there. I hear you. And it's just not the same. But no, I had fun with all this shit back in the day. And I, it is fun to revisit sometimes. Like one of my favorite things to do. I mean, I don't really have a CD player to play it on. But if I do have one accessible, I like to find some of my old mix CDs around the house sometimes mm. and pop them in. And I'm like, what was I thinking? Oh, God. Remember just like burning the perfect CD mm-hmm. from your Napster downloaded songs? Mm-hmm. And then, like, popping it in and playing it and thinking, like, how fucking great you are at putting together a playlist. My dad had this, like, 300 CD changer. Oh, so dang. So I would go and I'd, like, scroll through this monstrosity and <laughs> find, like, all the CDs to, like, rip the songs on his computer. All this shit would take forever. This would be hours of work to make I was going to say, I don't think that... That it's easy to convey how difficult it was. Napster downloads took forever. You had to, yeah, because you would like, you would like, you know, select maybe five or six songs that you wanted to download from Napster. You would like set that shit going before you went to school. Yep, you'd have to hope that nobody got a phone call. Yeah, nobody got a phone call. That like people kept like seeding the torrents that you were trying to download. Some because sometimes you would get to like you know fifty two percent and then all of a sudden it would just drop off. You'd never finish downloading, never the song that you were trying to steal from somebody. <laughs> but it was a very intensive process. People need to understand it was like a passion project. It was to put together like, a mixed CD. You had to be truly dedicated to do this. Like I actually got before this was even a thing that because it, it, it was also rare to have a computer with the capabilities to even do that. So, Mm -hmm. like, I actually got paid by a couple kids to make mix CDs for them because they didn't have the capability and, like, nobody wanted tapes anymore because Mm -hmm. CDs were just cooler, even though tapes are easier to carry around everywhere with you, but whatever. It's, I got paid by a couple people to make CDs because it's just like, well, you can, you have the capability and your dad has a crazy big music collection. God, my dad had a five CD changer and I thought that was cool as fuck. 300 cds it was that's a bitch to load it was terrible i can only imagine but it was cool like pre spotify mp3s and everything like to actually be able to put a shuffle on and hear like anything for yeah a while. although it was funny when you would do that because even with like the five cd changer like it would just be like a weird like <laughs> yep yep when it was like switching cds and then going to like a different song on a different cd when you were doing the shuffle so you're hearing like a full whirring, like a full yes. like wah, 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 for this thing because it's going so far around. And like the most arduous thing with this was you could program the names in, but it Ooh. just like it took forever to do that. Just, all this shit took forever. Back Everything in the day. took so long. 
just, I remember I knew people who like, did you ever have any of those friends that had like a super organized like iTunes library and they took a lot of pride in the fact that like their iPod, click wheel iPod was like super, super organized and like all of the names were formatted in the same way. I knew a couple people like this. They drove me crazy because I could never be bothered to take that much time. I tried to do that sometimes mm-hmm. and it, I would get to a certain point. Like, I think this is why I'm a B plus student usually, because <laughs> I would get to a point where I'm like, good enough. That's, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. I, I don't, I took, I did try to organize that iPod as much as I could and I still have mine kicking around. It still powers up. Uh, I don't you use it You hear something anymore, wild? But, yeah. I sold my click wheel iPod like four or five years ago for $500. Oh wow, that's fucking wild. That is legitimately worked. an oh wow. Yeah, yeah, because it still worked, and I guess for some reason people wanted them. And I, I forgot how how I found out that they were going for a lot of money, but I was like, okay, it's cool that I have this thing, but also, let's uh, get that bread. Let's get that bread. Hell yeah, if you can do it. Yeah. I so if anybody'd like to buy my eighty gigabyte <laughs> iPod, it's it's out there. It autographed. For an extra hundo. Oh, yeah. I'll throw that in. <laughs> now, just make note. Only one earphone works with it. <laughs> Don't give away the secrets. It's not. Uh, I, I can't part. No, I, I could obviously part with it. I don't use that shit anymore. I'd love to, but it's just pointless. Sometimes I wish I had held on to some stuff, but then also I live in a very tiny apartment right now. It would have been bad. The space I'm recording in has all the nostalgia I can't let go of, and sometimes it's a problem. (laughs) I could probably have a great basement to have, like, guests over or anything, and I'm just like, no, let's just have a bunch of old shit in the back. Mm. Yeah, well, whatever makes you happy, you know? It's my shit, and it all makes me happy. Exactly. Isn't that right, cardboard cutout Shane Victorino head? (laughs) He's nodding, it's right. He does make you happy, and that's important. It's, you know, it's all about the little things. All right, Hankel. Last big topic of the night. We're we're hitting, we're hitting all the bases for Flyperbole. I'm telling you, this is like a best of. It kind of is. We have a a batch update. We have Durston. And now we have the Flyperbole all-star himself, Guy Fieri, coming in with a new monstrosity he's unleashing upon this world. (laughs) We would have been remiss if we did not bring up the apple pie hot dog. Apple pie hot dog. Apple pie hot dog from, you know, I've seen some monstrosity hot dogs in my day. I always think back to the 7-Eleven cheeseburger hot dog, which I dared to try when I was stupid and in college and broke. But this thing is next level. Tell the people what it is, Steve. This one of a kind recipe will feature an all beef hot dog. Apple pie filling and Fieri's signature bacon jam enveloped in flaky pie crust and topped with an apple mustard drizzle, apple pie (laughs) spice, and demerara sugar. The apple pie hot hot dog hot pocket will be offered (laughs) exclusively to attendees of MLB at Field of Dreams presented by Geico in Dyersville, Iowa on August 12th. Good Lord. I'm going to tell you what. I bet that's good. Oh, I mean, come on. Guy Fieri, he knows what he's doing. I bet it's delicious. I'm going to I'm going to say that first of all, Guy knows what works in Flavortown. He's mm-hmm. an expert at this point. 
The man created Flavortown. He better know it. And also, like, I know, like, people want it to be gross. But, like, you know, pork chops and applesauce. That's a thing. Hot dog and applesauce. I've had the Luther Vandross burger before, and it was great. What's that? That's the the fucking donut burger. Oh. It's called the Luther Vandross because it supposedly helped kill Luther Vandross. God bless. What a way to go. What a way to go. Eating a a cheeseburger between two donut buns. Uh, I had it at PYT back in the day when PYT Mm. was still a thing. I am a big, big, big slut for salty sweet combinations. That's so what it, like right at my alley. It nailed that with salty sweet combination, which the salty I think sweet, is underrated. Mm, when it's when it when you get when you get it right, it's very good. Like the chocolate covered pretzel, the perfect like a chocolate covered pretzel, exactly. Like when you get a soft pretzel with like uh, the caramel dip. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. That's good. It's good shit. And so, a hot dog with bacon jam. An apple pie filling. I bet it's fucking delicious. I'm sure. I would eat it for sure. I'm a disgusting human being, so there's not a lot of stuff that I wouldn't try at least once. But this, in my mind, sounds good. How much of it, like, can the Food Network just call us already to give us a show where we just go around trying foods? We would be so good at this show. Also, what if, like, they just let us do, like, Mystery Science Theater 3000 of all of the Guy Fieri shows that they show on the network 24 hours a day. I think that sounds amazing. Like, I feel like the, like, the midnight to 3 a.m. time block could be Stephen Kelly's Mystery Science Theater 3000 of Guy Fieri shows. (laughs) Just take out one of your 400 chopped reruns and give some airtime to us. Yes. We will talk about... Things like the apple pie hot dog. Let's just, you know, we, we could just do this podcast live on... <laughs> I'm on the Food Network. Like, they used to show Howard Stern late at yes. night on E! Entertainment Like, Television. they show the stupid Mike Missanelli show. Oh, my God. Every time but a Phillies us. game ends, every time a Phillies <laughs> game ends, and the Mike Missanelli show comes on the TV, I just look up and go, what is this doing on my TV? Who There's wants a to lot see this, of, but... a lot of choices, because, like, not only... Does no one like him? Also, it's not like anyone on that show is like particularly attractive. Like that we needed a visual of the show. Unlike us, of course. We're so hot. We're very hot. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we we fit the the Food Network demo. Yes, I think we fit the Food Network demo. We we kill on the Food Network. Yeah. Food Network. Steve and Kelly, try weird foods. Make it happen. Come on. Come on. We could. Oh, my God. We could. um, It could be a cooking show where we make fucked up Guy Fieri concoctions and see how we do. I came very close to even just making this a regular flape segment because I did Mm. the the spaghetti and uh, ketchup combination the one time. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. Apparently. Listen to this podcast more. (sighs) Who has the time? It takes 45 hours. Nobody's got the time for this. No, I did this. I forget how this even came up. Like, I think it was like some hockey player had 
ketchup and pasta together and was like, who, who doesn't eat this? And I was like, what the fuck is that? So I tried it and going down this rabbit hole, I, I feel like Jason might've told me it was like a Filipino thing or something. Mm. So I went down this rabbit hole. I actually made two test subjects. I made one that I like shushed up as like a spicy ketchup. And then I did one as just regular old ketchup. And uh, I would have to go back and listen to what I even thought about it. Cause I can't remember, but it was, it was interesting. It wasn't as disgusting as I was expecting it to be. You know what? Most of the time, I feel like unholy combinations, like an apple pie hot dog, the reason that they work is that people want them to be disgusting. Like, viscerally, you're like, a hot dog and apple pie don't go together. That's not allowed. That should be disgusting. But in reality, delicious. Right. You ha- That's you why really- they work set the expectation in your brain for it to be just rock bottom like there's no way this can be good and it's like wow that's this is edible yeah this like this is this is against nature this is not you know every day we stray further from the lord's light but a hot dog apple pie combination is delicious that's true (laughs) we've just determined it's delicious we haven't tried it we're just determining i've decided it's delicious (laughs) uh the dude abides the dude abides I'm just saying that if Guy Fieri has a wheelhouse, making fucked up combinations of food is where he lives and breathes and makes tens of millions of dollars. Like, have you ever looked at the menu of one of his restaurants? It's like all disgusting stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Trash can nachos. Yeah. Trash can nachos. He's probably got a donut burger. For sure. The first time I heard about Guy Fieri was because of the donkey sauce, because the New York Times was trashing it. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Now it's a regular joke podcast that I make that a, a couple thousand people listen to and enjoy. And guess what? Donkey sauce is delicious. It's just aioli. I, I've never had it, but I know that it's good. It's just because aioli, unlike, and aioli's yeah. great. Unlike most people, I refuse to play along at this parody that mayonnaise is disgusting. I'm not a big when, mayonnaise guy, but I like aioli. Aioli is mayonnaise, Steve. I know, but it's like shushed up. Oh, God. But it's just mayonnaise with stuff in the stuff makes it good to me. I don't like it straight up. <laughs> Give me the stuff. God damn it. Give me the stuff. I'm here for the stuff. Uh, you're like one of these people that says, I don't like tomatoes, but I like ketchup and tomato sauce. I'm just smiling over here. That's all. <laughs> I'm a weird texture guy. I'm a very weird texture guy. Texture is always the thing. Yeah. Nothing ever tastes that disgusting to me, but textures can fuck me up. That's where I'm at. Like, I really have a hard time with texture. And, like, I ate, like, a five-year-old until a few years ago. Like, Mm. I've recently learned to appreciate vegetables, and, like, I'm accepting more into my life. But a few years back, I didn't like any of them. And now I'm like, well, yeah, I don't like this, I like that. But I'm still kind of, I'm very picky about them now. Mm. You'd never know it looking at me, Steve, but I like everything. I think, I think that comments for me, Hinkle. That's, it's a problem. You know, patting the old the old keg right here, but we'll just I leave it at that. I should be pickier. Eh, you're I'll great. You're that. great. Stop. Stop. Eh. Eh. All right, folks. That's it. That's plenty. Wait, That's all there. Guy. Wait, what do we got? I know Guy's listening. So, Guy, send us an apple pie hot dog. And make us your sidekicks. And make us your sidekicks. That'd be a great show. That's all we need. That's all we need. Guy, Hunter, Steve, and Kelly.
<laughs> Hunter is an annoying son that's always around. I don't yeah. know if you watch his shows. I saw it. I, I, I don't watch most of his shows, but I watched the um, the big tournament one he did earlier. Yeah. There. The Food Network is like my, my work from home background noise. So I see a little bit of everything. Because you need something on that you can pay some attention to, but you don't need to be glued to all the time. Exactly. It's like a white noise machine, but with cookies. <laughs> so instead of like rolling waves, it's just sizzling cookies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. It's very soothing. <laughs> and just, uh, and it's just Ted from Chop just uh, judging people. <laughs> oh, God. No, Have Ted I doesn't judge people too bad. He's not that bad. He's all right. Yeah. I moved on from Chopped, actually. I haven't watched Chopped that much recently. I used to yeah. watch a lot of Chopped. and I I've evolved it. past the need for Chopped at this point. <laughs> You've reached that point in your evolution. Mm-hmm. Too much of it. <laughs> too much Chopped. Because well, there's 4,000 episodes. At one point, I tried setting my DVR to record new oh, Chops, no. and it just recorded everything. So oh, God. It filled up my DVR within days. Yeah, yeah. The Food Network is like MTV with ridiculousness. <laughs> I don't it, watch like, any MTV anymore, but I went through the guide one day, and it was like three straight days of just ridiculousness. I watch The Challenge because I'm a weirdo, and whenever The Challenge is on, before and after The Challenge is ridiculousness. I don't even know what ridiculousness is. I believe be it's people doing dumb you? shit. Is it? Is it just jackass? I think it's just strangers. I, I think it's like a jackass America's Funniest Home Videos kind of thing. Mm, that's what we needed. Yeah. As a society. I think we need Bob Saget in a backwards hat to host this. <laughs> Hello, America, fellow young people. America, this is you. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ruined your podcast? No. Before? This is what this is what people want. This is like. I get so many DMs going, like, where's the nonsense? I'm like, well, here's your nonsense, folks. It's back. Listen. Also, it's the summer. There's nothing to talk about. Literally nothing. Have me back on next week to tell you about the corn concert. Okay. You, and I, I think I already told Amity to come on next week, so we'll have a, a lovely three-way <laughs> podcast of, uh, of wonderfulness. I'll just pop in for, like, ten minutes and be like, newsflash, a corn concert when you're old is a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> when you're 17. <laughs> what, you're not just smoking whatever comes into your hands at any given moment? Can I still jump up and down for two hours straight? We're going to find out. I can tell you, <laughs> as somebody who loved to jump up and down at concerts back in the day, I cannot still do that. I'm going to try and then I'm going to say things like, ow, my knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my Achilles tendon. It's 9.30. When are they going to go on? (laughs) That that may or may not have been me at a a show at some point. (laughs) It was LCD sound system. Like, it's late. When are they coming on? Come on. on? I'm very old. Come on. Take the ferry home. Hurry up. There's no seats. I got to sit. Don't do a second encore. Come on. Get out of here. Haven't we heard enough? I'm just going to be very, if they don't open up with, are you ready? I'm just going to be very upset. I feel like they know that they have to. Just let me know when Freak on a Leash comes on. Because that's... (laughs) (laughs) 
that's a sound I've made on this podcast way too much. Because mm. that's still the weirdest us. sound I've ever heard in a song. And it goes on forever in that song. Jonathan Davis made a lot of choices. Made some choices. Aesthetically and also sonically. That <laughs> <laughs> no one could ever make again. Although I have to say, did you get to seeing him in the, uh, yeah, yeah. the documentary? He looked pretty good. You know what? He's held up much better than, than some of the other guys. Dave Mustaine looked like he was going to die. Oh, I didn't make it to Dave Mustaine. I, oh, but oh, God, I, Steve, he's so old. I'm he's not so surprised old. by that. Ugh. I saw him and I was like, oh, no. So there's your Dave difference. Dave Mustaine is fucking old. There's your difference between an 80s rocker, though, and anybody after that. Because That's true. Because the 80s was just so fucking intense for they went everybody hard. in music they went hard yeah and mustaine was with a metallica crew back in the day mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. lord good he, lord he did a lot of living he did a lot of living like anybody anybody in a metal band from the 80s like just looks like a a bag of just to be honest like like he's thrown out food yeah he's just like remarkable there's a shocking number of guys alive from then that's true like yeah it's very true. There's there's way more dead grunge guys than guys from 80s metal. Which is wild. It is wild. It, it really is. And it's it really sucks because we it lost does. some great talent like way too young. But like those 80s guys, they lived so hard. And maybe they just did enough cocaine to restart their hearts. I, I... Yeah, maybe it's because they were they were doing uppers. And then I feel like the grunge guys were doing downers. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the amount of cocaine. Don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Don't do drugs, please. Or at least just just stick with like yeah. Yeah. Edibles. Stick with just stick with weed. You're you're okay. Don't do anything else. Don't do anything else. Good lord. I. Well, I'll tell you when I get to Mustaine, and I'll be completely horrified. Yeah. It was just like jarring. (laughs) Like because I mean like. I, I guess it didn't occur to me that he got old, <laughs> given the passage of time. But, like, in my head, he just was supposed to still look like Dave Mustaine. But, mm. Well, that's like, what happens with all these guys. Like, most of them, Dave. it's like, you know, not all of them held up like Eddie Vedder. Mm, who could? Like, Eddie Vedder, you look up, you're like, wow, you're, you might be he the best looking you've ever been. Great. <laughs> yes. Eddie Vedder Men looks fantastic. infuriating. And then, like... Billy Corgan looks like Billy Corgan should look at this age, but he doesn't look like a walking corpse or anything. He just the looks like a puffy is, like, Billy Corgan. He always looked like a penis, and now he still looks like one. He just looks like a slightly puffier a penis. Puffier, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I saw them pre-pandemic, and they were fucking great. It's just him, though, right? No, it was, uh, I, it was three of the members, actually. Jimmy Chamberlain really? was there, and um, James Eha. Really? Yeah. How about that? Yeah, they were. They sounded fantastic. They were great. I thought he pissed them all off. He did, and then they got back together because oh, they needed money. Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> how it always goes, right? That's how it goes. Yeah. I mean, hey, I the, mean, the Stones are coming back around. Genesis. I was going to say, like, I don't think that corn's touring because, you know, they love the music. <laughs> For the love <laughs> Pro- of the music. Probably need a little cash. Just, just a little bit. Freak on a leash playing on Spotify over and over for me is not you know giving. What? I'm happy to give Jonathan Davis my $61 in 2021. Just make sure you just, can you specifically just give the money to, to Jonathan Davis and not to the stained guys? Like, you don't get this. Yeah, I don't, I don't give them any money. 
been a while guy you're not getting anything none of this yeah fuck off been a while guy you're no longer the real for sucking the fun out of your stupid songs stupid song so stupid (laughs) you know what fred durst was right to speak in the middle of the song he sure was it's the first only time on this podcast you will hear me say the words fred durst was right listen look at that man now I haven't seen him recently. I don't know. He's a beauty. You haven't <laughs> seen he? the recent pictures of him at Lollapalooza? No, the... the With the acclaimed, hair and the glasses? Acclaimed director Fred Durst? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll look He's, it up. You, you gotta look at the pictures of him from Lollapalooza. It's remarkable. Okay. I'll, I'm gonna look this up. And also, he just canceled his tour because of the COVID situation in, like, a very responsible way. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Look at Fred Durst. So Look at him. Fred Durst, more responsible than the stained guy. Mm. What a world. Wow, Who he looks weird. Would have thought. Right? What the fuck? That's not what I was expecting at all. It is a look. Holy shit. He's got... <laughs> what is that? That's like a gray Hulk Hogan must. He looks like a mm-hmm. Beastie Boys character. That... I saw a lot of people say he looked like a character from the Sabotage video. Yeah, he looks like his Sabotage wrong. video. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my it's, god. It's pretty great. He's got great... He just looks like an old man who decided, I'm gonna do the Limp Biscuits. You know what? Let's let's sing break stuff. I would like I would like to see... I'm sure it exists, because I think that Lollapalooza was broadcast. I need to see that guy do break stuff. <laughs> I'll skin your ass raw! Yeah. Are you gonna break my fucking face tonight, Mr. Durst? <laughs> In those glasses? I may, right. Sonny. If you don't, don't get off my me. lawn. That pack of chainsaw. <laughs> I used to <laughs> chop down <laughs> unnecessary trees in my backyard. Dead trees. <laughs> Folks, just remember to ABD. Always be Durston. Keep rolling, baby. Keep on rolling. Rolling, rolling. <laughs> Good lord. Good lord. <laughs> Listen, listen to any of these songs and and have a bad time. I dare you. (laughs) And the videos. Check out the videos. You want to talk like that. Just any of their videos are just Just ridiculous. a snapshot of a moment in time. Yeah. That we'll never get back to. Please just go on, after listening to this, go on a ridiculous early 90s music video bender. You will have a great time. I guarantee you. So much fun. They were just cranking out music videos because I had to get on that TRL game. TRL was the place to be. I, it's just weird to think about running home to watch TRL. What a weird time. Get home from school, change out of the uniform, pop on TRL, see what's up. Yep, yep. And Did that... those fucking assholes from NSYNC beat Limp Bizkit this week? <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> Holy shit. Just what a time that those were the two, like, those were the competing forces in music. NSYNC <laughs> and the Backstreet Boys. Corn and Limp Biscuit. Those just opposing forces right there. At precisely the same time. Competing against each other. Just, all right, Kelly, come, come on, <laughs> come on in a couple weeks and we'll just go through the top 10 from TRL from select months in the year 2000. Oh God, Yes. That's okay. This is going to happen. We're going to make this happen. That just sounds fantastic. Fantastic August content. Yes. We got to think about the August content. And that's 
we are here to entertain you folks in the month of August. Yeah. Move in, now move out. <laughs> hands up, now hands down. He's just leading exercise drills on the <laughs> roof of his his office but building. You're an old person. Back up, back up. This Tell is how you what you're gonna do now. This is basic calisthenics <laughs> to get your bud flowing first thing in the morning. You're gonna be sitting at your desk for a long time, and that's dangerous for your blood flow. No. You gotta keep rolling. Keep rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. rolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, folks, sit back, folks. enjoy an apple pie hot dog, and enjoy the rest of your summer. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. Don't at us, but if you do have to at us, you can reach Kelly at Hanks. The How dare you. Easiest twitter handle i will say on here it's not like like maddie you have to say it's her name but they won't allow enough characters to have her full name you're just hinks it's great yeah it me it you anything you want to plug fly by every day nobody reads those links steve (laughs) and there are no links (laughs) august 10th there's like four links a day listen to broad street hockey radio listen to fly hyperbole download them tell your friends because that keeps us in business. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Apple Pie Podcasts. Apple Pie Podcasts. Apple, Apple Pie, Pie Hot, Hot Dog, Dog Podcasts. Podcast. Yes. <laughs> That's the newest podcast app to check this out on. We've gone to Flavortown and back. <laughs> I, you actually got me at a loss for words. That doesn't happen often. So congrats. You're part of an elite club. I feel good about it. <laughs> <sighs> Kelly's at Hanks. You can reach me at Fly Purbly or at Estebaum. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. All that fun stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Be careful out there. Delta variant, all that bullshit to watch out for. Be careful. Get a vaccine. Wear a mask. All that stuff. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the Great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. 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 Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly 
Eye on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show freaking rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Throw showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.